the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Happy Friday. Danny, it's our famous Friday show. I know. Are you excited? I'm so excited. When are you not excited? I'm never not excited. So it was a rhetorical question then. You know why? <laughs> Do you know why the show is famous though? Why? Well, I don't know, but it always turns out that way by the time it's over. <laughs> so we'll see. Actually, we have a an inkling. We have a couple of special guests this hour, both from our sister station. Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, which is actually a conservative news talk station. Dennis Prager going to join us shortly. He is that co-star, uh, you know, co-host with Adam Carolla in the No Safe Spaces movie we've been talking about. So we're looking forward to having him on for a bit. And then Chris DeGaulle, who hosts the morning show on our sister station, is going to be joining us for a while as well. And then on the back end, who could resist? And people are on the edge of their seats for our Now That's Punny segment, which I hear you've been preparing weeks for. The very special I edition, have. Right? Since like before Christmas, you've been working on this. Yep. Like the best ever pun segment in the history of mankind coming up. Okay. Now the pressure's on. <laughs> so we'll get to all that this hour. Uh, forecast on a cloudy, kind of rainy side today. Not bad. 60 for the high, low of 35 night, though. Tomorrow's sunny with some clouds. Uh, later in the day, 50 for the high. Mix of clouds and sun for Mother's Day, 63 for the high. What you got planned for Mother's Day, young lady? Anything special? No, I don't think so. Maybe I'll make some brunch for my mom, but yeah, nothing really. How about you and your family? Yeah, we're working on it, thinking about it. <laughs> I talked to my wife about it this morning, and uh, she seems... It's one of those things where, just so you know, when you're married, well, you'd be you'd be in the position of receiving it. But I find that my wife likes when I know exactly what I'm doing, and she doesn't have to tell me anything. She doesn't want to say, "Don't like, why are you asking me how I should, you know, create something?" I'm like, "Okay, all right, I'm just trying to be thoughtful. I just want to know what's important to you." So I think I rode the line well this morning. I said, "I have some ideas. I have some whatever." And then if you want to add to it, you can let me know and we'll fit it in. That's good. So, and she didn't seem to be displeased by that line of thinking. So I'm glad about that. Uh, something else, by the way, before we, we continue on Dennis Prager here in just a little bit, the uh, something I know you've been waiting for for quite a while is the uh, NFL releasing its schedule, right? You can't wait. Oh, yes. <laughs> for <Things> you. And needles. <laughs> NFL. Releasing its schedule, and it is nice to have something sports-related that's current to talk about. The Eagles opening their season at Washington on the 13th of September, Sunday at 1 o'clock. They actually closed the season against Washington at home, 
Sunday, January 3rd. So that's the bookend there, Washington on either end. And in between teams, if you're interested in uh, football, you have the L.A. Rams coming to town, Cincinnati Bengals with their, their new number one draft pick, and uh, the quarterback with Joe Burrow. Um, I think it's his name. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Jim Harbaugh, who used to uh, coach here. I say Jim. Yeah, Jim. I can't remember now. No. Hold on. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. It's Friday. It is Harbaugh. <laughs> but they're brothers. There's, there's Jim, and why am I drawing a blank on the other? Anyway, I can't remember. Don't, don't ask me. Come on, Danny. You're supposed to know this stuff. <laughs> he was a special teams coach here in Philadelphia. Uh, Harbaugh was for quite some time before he went on to the Ravens and won a Super Bowl, too, with them. Uh, so anyhow, they'll be in town. Seattle Seahawks in town and New Orleans Saints. Little known fact, uh, perhaps, that uh, John Harbaugh. That's Jim and John. That's what I was saying. John is the head coach who's coming to town. Uh, a lot of Christian guys coming to town. Just out of a side note, John Harbaugh himself, head coach of the, the Ravens, uh, Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Seahawks, who you would know Russell Wilson because of the Ciara angle, right? Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, you, you follow sports to the extent that celebrities got married to each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, and the Saints, Drew Brees. So, looking forward to those folks coming to town, and perhaps we'll have one of them on the show if we can make it work. Now, one sport I know you are interested in, in all super seriousness, mm-hmm. is Trivia Thursday, which was yesterday. Oh, yes. Very serious about that. First Thursday of the month. This is our third month. We just did it yesterday. Guys against the gals. We asked different questions, various and sundry topics. Since yesterday was the National Day of Prayer, we thought we would make the questions prayer-based. And we actually had scriptures that were just prayers. And we read them and then said, whose prayer was that? Kind of a whodunit, but who prayed it? And um, it started off 0-0. And it quickly went downhill from there <laughs> with, uh, was it DeLon, DeLon in Philadelphia getting the first one? And then Tracy got the second one for the ladies. And then Cecilia and Philly made it 3 nothing, And Susan and Media made it 4 nothing, Care made it 5 nothing, And uh, Barry stepped in, broke the schneid. But before it was over, 13-1. to one. Ladies with the victory. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just announcing that we're going to discontinue. No, I'm just being a <laughs> good sport by bringing this up. But I didn't have to bring that up. I could have left it in the past. But I'm showing maturity here. And yeah, the guy because the guys won the first one, fourteen eleven, a couple months ago, and then the ladies won last month, eleven to three, and now it's even it's trending the wrong way. I mean. I like it. Don't I like you, the trend. Don't, <laughs> 13 to 1. It can't get much worse. So <laughs> congratulations to the ladies. And uh, first Thursday in June, I guess we'll be aiming for the next one. See if the guys can rally and make something out of this. Now, I will tell you this. Yesterday, we had a lot of songs. I wanted to get in the mix, but we didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, songs on prayer that were fun. Some were like more serious or whatever, and some were... Uh, you know, just kind of, um, you know, uh, jumpy and good and all that. And I thought, you know, we have a little time today before we chat with Dennis Prager to slip one of those in, especially because you went to all the hard work of securing those songs for us, Nanny. 
So thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for the hard work you do on the show, producing things and getting stuff together. So we're going to, before we go to our first break, slip in Torin Wells' song, When We Pray. We'll come back and after that, take our break and uh, get to Dennis Prager and continue from there. You good with that? And then you can keep working on those puns. Sharpen your pun skills for the end of the hour. We're counting on you for a big, great. big fat exclamation point we want to have on the end of the show. All right? You got it. All right. We'll, we'll keep, check back in with Danny in just a little bit, who is social distancing on this program. This is Torrin Wells. Our famous Friday show continues. The song called When We Pray. And you know, I'm playing this also partly because just like Christmas, you can celebrate Christmas more than just on the 25th of December or uh, Easter on a certain, well, actually Easter moves around, does it not? But the idea, of course, you can pray anytime, anywhere. What a blessing that is. This is Torrin Wells, When We Pray, Tim DeMarshall on WFIL. People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. AM560 WFIL.com and on the app, it's Torrin Wells. And when we pray, little P.S. to the National Day of Prayer, which was yesterday. Quick break, we'll come back and get to the first of our two guests, Dennis Prager from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM990. The Ants are going to join us. Our segment or two, talking about that new movie, No Safe Spaces, that he co-hosts. And then Chris DeGaulle, who does the morning show on uh, Philadelphia's AM 990. The answer going to join us as well. We have our fun pun segment to cap things off as well. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It is 416 on the Tim DeMoss Show, our famous Friday show rolling along. Thank you for tuning in today. First of our couple of guests have something in common, both from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, a conservative news talk station as part of the Salem family. And uh, we're bringing on board a guest tied with the No Safe Spaces film that you've been hearing about. Hello. Uh, your hotline is busy, so I called on this line. Uh, okay. How you doing, sir? Okay. Good. Uh, Tim DeMoss here. We uh, had a chance to cross paths when you were in town for the event in Philadelphia this past fall. And uh, when you were heading out the door, you mentioned you like hockey. So next time you're in town, we'll take you to hockey, a Flyers game. I think it was. <laughs> I, would love, I would love that for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, did you grow up? Did you grow up playing the sport or where, did you grow up in a town where, where hockey was big? Yeah, I grew up in New York. I was a big Ranger fan. Oh wow! I used to go every every Sunday night. I went to a Rangers game. Fun. But I, I became a Kings fan when I moved out here. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Well, Gretzky helped with that too uh, when he when he left, uh, and he played in New York too. Well, let's chat about. I didn't know that. He, I, didn't, I didn't know he played in New York. Gretzky did. He played for um, yeah. He played a year or two in New York. So how do you like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a chance to meet him near the end of his career. And, uh, yeah, well, anyhow, he, he came to Philadelphia to play. So, uh, no safe spaces. I, I had a chance to watch through the whole thing. I took a lot of notes and lots of questions, lots of thoughts. Um, one of the reasons I think the film works obviously is you have such a diverse uh, list of participants, not just conservatives, but 
it's kind of like you're already bringing people in who you would think would argue with you, but they're saying they're, they're supporting the message. That's right. How did you go about the, the path of you and Adam Carolla coming together to start things off to co-host the documentary? Adam was uh, Adam and I were introduced to each other years ago. To my great uh, uh, honor, really, I, I, I found out that he was a regular listener to my show for years. And, uh, and then I had him on my show, and I fell in love with him. His wit, his, his decency, and I, and I am. I really do. I love the guy. He's a very special human being, and uh, uh, he comes from an atheist background. I come from a religious background. He comes from a blue-collar background. I come from a white-collar background. I mean, everything is different. He comes from the West Coast. I come from the East Coast. But we have everything in common because we share values. I mean, it, 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 it just reinforces my belief. Values is everything. So uh, I, I originally was going to do this film. Then they said very early on, well, we can get Adam Carolla, and I said, fantastic. Uh, as I've always said in, about me in my life, I'd much rather be on an all-star team than be a star. Hmm. So uh, it, it's really being with him is to be on an all-star team. And uh, if, you, if you've seen the film, you know, how, you know how well it came out. It's really a terrific film, just yeah. terrific. Yeah. Well, there's so many lines. I just I jotted down some highlights, and just, I thought I'd throw them out, and you can comment on them. One of the things I think you mentioned is they have to think we're evil, uh, not conservative. Otherwise, they have to have a discussion, right? Part of the conversation. Well, that, that what they do is the, the left. The left does not argue. Uh, they they even acknowledge it. We're not worth. Conservatives are not worthy of argument because they say, "Why would you argue with a racist?" That's the way. That is the way they think. That is the way they act. So they avoid argument. For good reason, they'll always lose because they don't argue uh, facts and they don't argue reason. They argue emotion. So uh, if you say that uh, America is not racist, they will then say you deny that there is racism in America. I, I know this because whenever callers call and I, I, this is what has happened. Sure. And I said, I don't understand. Why would you say I said that? I, I, I'll say as a Jew, America is not anti-Semitic, but of course there's anti-Semitism in America. Right. There's everything. Right. I mean, you have you have people, you know, who who, who hate Bulgarians in America. I mean, it, it's it's irrelevant. That's not the point. It is not a racist country. Or, or you you uh, you oppose um, Harvard having an all-black graduation. You say, wait a minute, the liberal idea is integration, not racial segregation. You're a racist. You, you say to uh, women, you know, you, you may actually find greater happiness uh, in, uh, in a good marriage and, and making a family than only, and I'm not even anti-career, I'm just saying that only in career, you're misogynist. In other words, these, you're not argued with, you're labeled. Dennis Prager, our guest from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Brief Break. We're chatting about No Safe Spaces. You can find out more about the film at nosafespaces.com, the number one political documentary of 2019 at a 99% rating at rottentomatoes.com. And it's not available on Amazon Prime or Netflix uh, because they don't want to carry it. And we'll get into that in our next little can, uh, conversation piece with Dennis Prager. It's uh, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. She's on there from uh, 1 till 3 each weekday afternoon. You are listening to right now, though, at the moment, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the app. Back in a second. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 
It's 425 on the Tim DeMoss Show, and perfect timing as we continue our conversation with Dennis Prager. He's on 1 till 3 each weekday afternoon on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The answer is also co-host of this documentary you've been hearing about, No Safe Spaces. The documentary is serious, but it's also fun. There are elements of humor throughout. Um, for example, Alan Dershowitz, I remember one quote he said, if you want to feel good, get a massage. <laughs> so... It was well. The interview with Dershowitz is really important. Here's a guy, as he says to me in his apartment in New York, he said, uh, as a as an American, as a liberal, as a Democrat, lifelong Democrat, as a Jew, I far more fear the left than the right. That's key. That's what every liberal should say. Yeah. Well, and he, he mentioned because when he was at Brooklyn College, the extreme right told him he couldn't express his views because liberals are trying to have a voice. And conservatives are trying to suppress it, and now it's flipped around. So that I think that makes it drives the point home even further. Yes, I yeah. don't. I don't really think that the right ever suppressed speech. Maybe some crackpots on the extreme right, but today the normative left suppresses. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what he says, and that's what counts. And he's a prominent liberal saying it. By the way, he's lost all his liberal friends because they 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 hate you if you defect. Uh, it, it's really medieval. You know, you've left the true faith. You are you are to be shunned. I forgot who said it. Uh, people like their own freedom of speech, not others. Kind of sums it up in a lot of ways. I mean, that's... yeah, that that does sum it up. <laughs> well, the the ultimate is uh, the the polls that show. Uh, this is what cracks me up. I mean, I could cry, but I prefer to laugh. When when all these kids who have been brainwashed on campuses go, oh, uh, I believe in freedom of speech, just not for hate speech. And they don't understand that that they that means that they don't believe in free speech because they determine what's hate speech. Chat with Dennis Prager. Uh, uh, he's actually on every weekday on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, 1 till 3. Uh, your interview with some African-American students at Clark University was very interesting. One of the students said, if you take away hate speech, you just hide it. So he seemed to get it that as ugly as it might be in some cases, you, you can't go that direction. Otherwise, it's still going to come out and it's still there. You haven't really dealt with it. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. Of all the scenes in the movie, that's the one that people mention to me the most often. <laughs> and I, I, I would not have predicted it. Interesting. But, uh, I'm very, I don't patronize uh, minorities. Uh, to me, every human being is, is equal. Therefore, I, I, don't, uh, I don't fear differing. Uh, with kids in you know in, in whatever the minority group might be, whether it's Hispanic or black or gay, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, this is what I believe. I say it respectfully, and they and they they're not offended. I mean, it, that's the joke. None of them called me a racist, you know. Right. Uh, but it was very funny when one of them said, "Well, you know, your your ancestors were slave owners. <laughs> My ancestors <laughs> were Jews in Poland." Right. Right. <laughs> Right. They were, they, were, they, were, they were running for their lives most of the time. <laughs> well, and Dennis, to your, to your point, I think in that scene you said you prefer clarity to agreement, or you've said that. And, and I thought that was a great scene where that happened. There was a little bit of tension, but in a good way. And you had to have the, the courage. You mentioned at the end of the movie, people have to be courageous. You had that courage in your mind, that vision to speak into it and not be afraid to, oh, I might make him upset, I better stop or something. Yes, that's right. And, and by the way, that is my motto of my radio show. I prefer clarity to agreement. I tell couples that should be the motto of their marriage. Hmm. Before they have an argument, they should say, wait a minute. Before we argue, let's figure out where we really differ. 
Yeah. It's a very, very helpful thing. I don't argue. I very rarely argue with callers. I take calls that disagree with me first, but I, I, I tell them I'm not here to win an argument. I just want to clarify where we differ. It's unbelievably effective. Anyway, people will uh, look the film. I, I, I can't speak highly enough about what the, the writers, producers and directors did. It's a monumental film to, to freedom in America. So I really hope your listeners will uh, will see it. Yeah. Dennis, it's great to talk to you. Uh, last quick question, because nosafespaces.com is where it's going. Can you explain, and it's kind of ironic, why Amazon Prime and Netflix aren't carrying it? There's something I read, but I can't remember exactly how it... How, yeah, they're yeah. not carrying it because uh, because it's it's not uh, it's not on the left. That's it. It's, it's, it's clear. If you, even though it's filled with liberals, one guy had the honesty to tell uh, one of the one of the producers... Well, we believe in free speech, but we want—we don't want to do anything that might promote Dennis Prager. Wow! So you know, like, like I—and you know what I would—I would love to ask if I could meet that guy. I wouldn't argue with him. I would just say, name me one thing I have ever said that you feel people should not hear because it's so toxic. And I am certain beyond belief the man would be speechless. Well, it's like the hundred of your videos on YouTube being, you know, censored in some way. Yes, that's right. Oh, you want to know the best? My uh, my Passover Seder, which I did online because people were locked up in their houses, yeah. which has a quarter of a million views. Uh, it's now uh, it's now on the restricted list. If you if you ban pornography, you can't see my Passover Seder. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Well. You've lived it. You breathe it. And people can, you know, our, our chat time, you know, we have limited time. I know you're talking a lot of folks, but they can catch you every day, you know, on, on our sister station and get a healthier dose of things. Plus Prager you, right? So there's another place people can tap into. That's right. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, well, thank you for having me. And, and again, uh, your listeners will love uh, No Safe Spaces. Thank you, sir. Have a great rest of your day. You too, my friend. All right. You will. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Dennis Prager, again, from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. You can catch him one till three each weekday. Uh, and just a quick note, that No Safe Spaces um, film, you can find, again, nosafespaces.com. But a week from, let's see, what's the date? This coming Wednesday, the 13th at 7 in the evening, there's actually a special event. Uh, Eric Metaxas, another uh, talk show host on our sister station, he will uh, host a very lively hour-long conversation about free speech and comedy and happiness and the challenges of making no safe spaces. Uh, he'll have the co-stars of the film on there, Dennis Prager, who was just with us, and Adam Carolla, well-known comedian and podcaster. If you want to be part of that event, just follow No Safe Spaces on Facebook. You can actually ask questions of Eric, of Dennis, of Adam using the hashtag no safe spaces special guest for that comedian Kareth Foster too that's a week from well I keep saying that but it's not it's five days from now whatever the Wednesday the 13th at uh at seven o'clock Eastern uh, no safe spaces.com again for details on the film while it's still available for a short time and there's a coupon code you can use save 25 for 25 percent off that purchase we had Isabella Chow by the way on she was a third year Berkeley student. Uh, UC Berkeley and uh, had quite a story to tell podcast that's on our homepage WFIL.com highly recommend it very level-headed young lady now a couple of years that whole incident for her in the rearview mirror but she shares her story of what it was like 
to be a Christian on campus on the student senate, of which there were 20 seats, and she got elected. And it's it. Well, I'll just leave it there. Uh, very mature, but she had quite a backlash to one of the things she just didn't want to vote on. She didn't even say no to something. She just abstained from voting and wound up uh, huge furor on campus. And it's a, it's quite a story, but she, one of the things I liked about Isabella was she was just really, you know, processed it. It was hard for her, but her faith uh, and her friends carried her through. God carried her through. And it's an encouraging thing to check out. So if you get a second, WFIL.com. Hit the uh, the podcast. You just search back through a couple of weeks and you'll see it. It was Thursday, two weeks ago, something like that. Uh, and there are a lot of other podcasts there. You can help yourself too. You can subscribe as well and enjoy. Quick break. And we're looking forward to bringing Chris Stigall on. He is from our sister station as well. Does the morning show, Philadelphia's Morning Answer on uh, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer. Back with him in just a moment. Get his perspective on a lot of interesting stuff that happened with him this week on the program on uh, coronavirus and all that and get his take so we'll join, uh, give, give Chris a call. He's on the road. We'll talk with him in a little bit. WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It is 437 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for hanging out this afternoon. Our Now That's Punny segment coming up on the back end. But before we get to that, we're privilege to bring on board host of Philadelphia's Morning Answer with Chris Tegall on our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, Chris Tegall. Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on? How are you, man? I'm sorry I'm not there in studio with you. This is the first time I've ever actually called into a radio show. I'm normally the one taking calls. (laughs) Yeah, I have the dump button ready just in case. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Well, it is Friday. You're allowed to have a life and get out of the station, Uh, folks. Not familiar, Chris is the host of our sister station's uh, morning show, Philadelphia's Morning Answer with Chris DeGaulle on uh, Philadelphia's AM 990, The Answer, 6 to 9 every weekday. And he's, uh, he joins us every once in a while chat. You can find out more about also. He's a separate podcast. There's one for the morning show, but there's also one that he does beyond that at ChrisDeGaulle.com. Double S is in the middle, right? It's just the name, ChrisDeGaulle.com. Right. Yeah, it runs together. I'm not a, not the French general. They call D-E-G-A-U-L. Good. Thank you for clarifying. Well, so so tell me, uh, Chris, you know, there's so many, there's so many things. I've, I listen to the show every day. I've actually become a fan of the show. And you've really been, you know, hammering and, and really making some progress, I think, in trying to help rally the troops and keep folks focused on in a culture that's kind of hard to stay focused and have hope. Well, how 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 was your week? And you, I mean, you had to, today. You had a PA House Speaker. Was it Mike Terzai on? And you've had a bunch of guests this week. Yeah, it's um, Pennsylvania, as you know, much like neighboring New Jersey. We're still, I think, one of twenty-one states that are still considered in lockdown. I guess today Pennsylvania has gone to yellow. Some parts of it sounds like where we live here in southeastern Pennsylvania is going to stay in lockdown for another month at least. Um, the metrics keep moving, you know. I think uh, I, it's, it's, you know, what's so tough about it is even if, even in an audience that is often politically on the same page on this issue, you, you'll find that a lot of people are very divided. And I have found that increasingly it's divided among people who are really afraid about, uh, afraid of their finances and obviously people who are afraid of getting sick. And 
those two are talking past each other, and there's really not a lot of common ground, unfortunately, these days. So if you've lost your job or you've been furloughed or you've had to take a pay cut and you're waiting to collect unemployment, um, you obviously have some real-world stress about bills and your future and your kids and that sort of thing. But there are others who haven't lost a nickel in this, Tim. And what's so weird is, you know, both of those people might be listening to the show. And I, and their biggest concern, you know, the person that hasn't lost a nickel is, oh, I don't want to get sick or I don't want my frail or infirm relative to get sick. Um, so we've all got to do our part to keep people well. It's a very challenging time. Uh, you probably know both of those people in your own personal life. So it's true. It's true. Trying, to, trying to talk to both of those people and respect both positions um, is hard because I have a bias toward one over the other. Yeah. Just wrote a piece about the Philadelphia suburbs and where I live out in Chester County. I, I think there are a lot of people that just don't understand the financial struggle of this 20 or sorry, 30 million people now out of work, 14% unemployment as of today in the country, which is as bad as it's been since the Great Depression. So it's very real, but strangely, there are a ton of people that don't feel it in the least. Yeah. And that's that's been tough to talk about, for sure. Chris DeGaulle is our guest on the uh, Tim DeMoss Show. He's from our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The Answer does the morning show there, 6 to 9 each weekday. And you can get the podcast of that at uh, 990theanswer.com. And he also has his own podcast, a separate program, chrisdegall.com. You can check out, too. Um, you know, and you, you said it very well. It is such a diverse audience, and each person is feeling this differently. Each person is uh, taking it a different way. Some people, it's a, it's a big pause for them, a chance to regroup with their families. It's a little inconvenient, but it's actually been a decent thing. Others, it's much more desperate than that, or folks who have lost a loved one. So you have to be really careful as you're talking, but still have a vision. And the thing I really wanted to ask you, because um, there's just, I, I don't hear much about this. I'm curious if any of your callers or any of your guests that you've had on have talked about what does going back to normal work school baseball games soccer games what does it actually look like and what i mean by that is right now everything is in it has been pretty much in retreat mode six feet apart and at home and away from everybody and masked it's all like the defensive posture but when it's time to go in the the other direction. You could say we're moving in the right direction theoretically by being preventative, but are we going to go from six feet apart to four feet apart to two feet apart and give me a big hug, brother? Or are we jumping in the pool and cold turkey? Like, you know, are half full planes eventually we'll feel comfortable we can let everyone on the plane? And do we have to wear masks for months at a time as the one unifying thing? Like, I, I really would love to hear somebody speak to what does it actually look like. I want to know what wellness looks like as opposed to I don't know what's going to happen. Let me just pull one more thing off the table and retreat further. There is a strong belief among many that there can be no normal of any kind that we're familiar with until there's a vaccine. Uh, I wholly reject that idea, but there are some that say we've got to be able to, quote, cure it or vaccinate for it. And as you know, HIV has no vaccine. They're still working on that. SARS, there was never a vaccine. It just burned out on its own. We don't know what this virus will do, whether it will continue to mutate and be with us for years, every year, annually, like the flu, or whether it just burns itself out, or, or maybe they'll find a vaccine, maybe they won't. But 
for people that are saying, well, we got to keep testing, 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 and we got to wait for a vaccine, and until then there can be no normal, We that, that could be a very long time. That could be years. Okay, so that's not practical. I think if everybody's kind of sane and honest, that's not going to work. So, yeah, what's normal? It's funny to me. I don't know how you are. I was never much of a... Um, a crowd guy. I've always been sort of an original social distancer. I've always been very hyper aware of ill people. I, I when you know coworkers are coughing around me, family members come home sick. I I'm very vigilant and very aware of people who are ill. And so I've always been someone who's avoided it. I've shied away from it. I mean, almost to the point I've been mocked about it over the years. Uh, mad at coworkers when they come in to, to work sick. I'm like, go home. I don't want to catch yeah. what you haven't. So to me, that's the way I view. COVID. I, I, I feel like I don't want to catch it. I'm going to, I know it's rampant. Apparently it spreads quickly. So I want to do everything I can to take care of myself. This one's different though, because now there's this attitude of you've got to do X to protect me. So I need you, Tim DeMoss, to wear a mask to protect me. Chris Stigall is now this new attitude. Uh, another thing that I have a real trouble with, because I, if, if that's the metric, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, you're not a good person, and you're putting me in jeopardy. Yeah, I, I, uh, that's going to be a long road to hoe too. But it seems that's kind of the thinking of a lot of folks right now. People jogging in masks, out of doors in masks. Yeah, I um, I heard you I, say that in your show this well, week. That guy, yeah. the, the guy is out in the middle of a road where there's nobody in sight, and he's running by himself outdoors <laughs> with a mask on. Yeah, right in front of my house. Kid, you not? I was pulling in and. I had to wait in the middle of the street as this guy ran by my house with a mask on. It might have been an editorial comment, how did I think about it? I don't know. But, uh, you know, the Dr. Fauci said that he thinks, he hopes, I think he said even hopes, that we never return to shaking hands. He finds the whole custom to just be a terrible germ-passing custom that needed to go long ago anyway. Wow. Wow. Yeah, uh, he's he's going on the record saying that. So, well, um, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what normal. But the thing is, there's so many people so scared, Tim. I guess I'll just button it up by saying, I don't know how we get there because there's so many people that are still so scared to death. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm asking for those tuning in. Chris DeGaulle's on the line with us, uh, putting in a long week here at the radio station, our sister station, Philadelphia's AM 990. The answer does the morning show there, six to nine each weekday, and been tackling uh, you know things in a very solid way. It's a, it's a hard topic, as you mentioned. I guess what I'm getting at with this, and the word fear keeps coming back. Like I don't know what to do, so I, I feel even less. Um, secure moving forward like until like you said well does that and with the vaccine does everyone have to be vaccinated i mean that's a whole topic i mean a lot of people get away from me um so right i mean look the the word comorbidity is another word that we're all learning more about and that is our over you know i'm overweight i i'm too overweight i need to lose weight i know that i'm also 43 we know the average age of people that contract COVID and have died from it is 80 in Pennsylvania. And on average across the country, that's the case. Globally, 80 is about the case. We know that our senior citizens are far more vulnerable than our young people who are almost not at all vulnerable. But what do we know? We know that diabetics, people with heart conditions, we know that overweight folks seem to succumb to this, whereas younger people, more fit people don't. So 
I don't know. Is there a discussion about, hey, we need to be less fat as a nation? Right. That's fair. I mean, we, we've been having that conversation. Fine. So I think once we start to learn what it is that makes us highly susceptible, other than being elderly, to dying from this, then we just kind of have to accept it's here, like the flu. And it doesn't mean a death sentence when you catch it. Nobody wants to catch it. But there'll be a day, I hope, I pray, where, okay, I've got COVID-19 uh, here's some medicine to make me feel better, but I'm not going to die. And yeah. until most people understand that and feel that way, that panic is going to continue. Well, you hit on something, Chris. I think that's really um, where I think I was headed with that because it feels like the message so far has simply been, I would call it pathological. I like I had a life. This virus came in. I'm mad about that. I'm going to avoid it till the, the stinking thing goes away so I can go back to exactly what I was doing before it got here. And the reality is while you're sheltering in place, while you're avoiding, uh, you know, six social distancing, you can do things to do what you're trying to do, which is help your immune system, help you not get sick. You can eat better. You can get sleep. You can go for a walk. Those are all very proactive legal things that a person can do. If they really believe they don't want to get coronavirus, they should be doing those things. Not, I love eating Cheetos. I love getting two hours of sleep. I love staying up late and whatever it is. And I just want the virus to go away so I can go back to what I was doing. If you really believe that we should be doing all we can, then those things should be. I don't hear anything about that coming from anybody in in public places like the CDC or anything like that. I don't know. That's why I was asking if you've heard of any of that stuff. You're you're 100% right that we... I mean, it's no secret. Everybody understands the United States. We're not we're not on balance a very healthy population. You know, Sweden, they did not lock down anybody. And I've heard it said, you know, why didn't we just develop a herd immunity and do like Sweden? But then the counter to that is, and I don't think it's invalid. Well, Sweden is in much better shape on balance than we are in, in this country. Um, there are far fewer overweight people in Sweden than here, uh, for instance. Yeah. So... You know, we, we, there are, I mean, look, it's, there's no secret. It's not a lie. There's no doubt about it. It's a health care debate as much as anything else. I mean, we talk about the cost of caring for people in this country. We, we're on balance. We, we don't, and I include myself in it. I don't say it with judgment. We're not, we're not great at taking care of ourselves in this country. And we've always kind of had the attitude of we can spend our way out of it and medicate our way out of it and elective surgery our way out of it. But coronavirus seems to be preying on those things called comorbidities that we haven't figured out how to battle yet. Yeah. Well, I encourage folks to check you out each weekday morning, 6 till 9. It's a it's a challenging job. You're doing it well. It's, I'm sure you have folks who are, you know, saying uh, keep up the good work and others who are saying, what did you just say? But it's a, it's a battle that needs to be waged, you know? I am glad that you're here on uh, WFIL because I think – more than ever, more than ever. I know it's true. I've said it to you, everything. I, I think every time we visit it, people are in this time of fear and uncertainty. They need something to cling to that is far, far bigger than a cure for a virus or a president or a congressman or a governor. Um, Christ is, is the only thing that can bring us calm and focus and steal our resolve in a time like this. And I don't think enough people know him yet, and I hope more people will as we come out on the other side of it. Amen. That's a good word. Chris DeGaul, uh, kind enough to hang out with us on his ride home after a long week at the station here. We're glad for that. High five to the wife and, and kids. Enjoy your weekend with the family. I hope you have a chance to breathe a little bit. 
Yeah, man. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day to your crew. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for the reminder. Whoops, I almost forgot. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll catch you next week. See you, buddy. All right, bye-bye. Chris DeGaulle taking time to hang out with us. We have a quick break to take, and then our final segment, which has been turned by some as the highlight of not only the week, but the radio station, which might be a little overstated, but hey, it is a fun time. It's our Now That's Funny segment, and that's coming up next. WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. Danny, you know what, what time it is. I do. This music can mean only one thing. The world is stopping to listen to the greatest pun segment ever known to mankind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm ready for you, kid. All right. How does Moses make coffee? How does Moses make coffee? Which I'm nursing right now. How does Moses make coffee? He brews it. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. You got to do better than that, young lady. Go ahead. Why do seagulls live by the sea? Why do seagulls live by the sea? I don't know. Because if they lived by the bay, they'd be bagels. (laughs) I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. All right. Next up. All right. Did you hear about the locomotive that never lies? The locomotive that never lies. No, I haven't heard about this one. I call it the true, true train. <laughs> got the woo, woo, woo for the choo, choo, choo. Yeah. Nice work by you. All right. That's good. All right. In the spirit of our new normal, yeah. what cheese is best at social distancing? What cheese is best at social distancing? I don't know. Prove alone. Prove alone. Alone. There you go. Yeah. All right. You hit on one there. Good work yeah. by you. I like prove alone. Um, I like all cheese. I know. It's yummy, isn't it? Yeah. Now I'm hungry. It's all your fault. <laughs> what do you call a bean that didn't sprout? What? What was, what, what was the bean called that didn't sprout? Yeah. What do you call a bean that didn't sprout? Route. I don't know. I could have been. <laughs> That's so cute. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with a laughing baby. Yeah. All right. Um, do you know where you can get chicken broth in bulk? Chicken broth in bulk? No, but I'm interested. The stock market. What would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> That's a good I one. I love my Dorothy. Yeah, I know you do. Time for one or two more. All right. Why can't two elephants go swimming? Why can't two elephants go swimming? I don't know. Because they only have one pair of trunks. <laughs> That's so bad. All right, one more, Danny. All right. What kind of doctor was Dr. Pepper? What kind of doctor was Dr. Pepper? I don't know. A physician. A physician! Thank you, Tim. 
Thank you, Danny. Have a lovely weekend. You too. High five your mom, and we'll see you on Monday. Sounds good. All right, Tim Max and Max 413 Ministries leads in prayer next. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.